Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your host, Stephen Payton. Join me as we look back over another week of Tory misfires, political obfuscation and shocking revelations from Labour Twitter accounts about Keir Starmer's bathroom habits. Kicking things off, however, is a story that stinks worse than anything the Labour leader could have achieved on his porcelain throne. Of course, it is the absolutely foul revelation that the UK Home Secretary Priti Patel instructed officials to look into building offshore processing facilities for asylum seekers up to 4,000 miles away from Britain on Ascension Isle in the South Atlantic. Downing Street has also refused to rule out potentially building these centres on the Scottish islands. In fact, in some of the plans definitively being considered by Downing Street, they are even looking at keeping asylum seekers on decommissioned oil rigs in the North Sea or disused ferries moored up offshore. It's like if you had to pick a location that would take a group of desperate people trying to survive and then treat them about as inhumanely as possible, these are the places that you would suggest. Well, maybe not the Scottish Islands, because they are actually stunning. But that hardly matters when you're being held in an asylum processing centre. See, the UK's asylum system is already known to be pretty horrific, right? Just a month ago, a group of Syrian asylum seekers were actually flown out of the UK and functionally dumped in the streets of Madrid and Spain with nowhere to go. This news about Patel's plans will not surprise anyone who knows how the Home Office treat vulnerable people or anyone who knows how right-wing Patel's position on immigration is. And the thing is that decisions on a government level around how we treat people coming to Scotland seeking help are out of our hands. Like Whatever toxic immigration and asylum system that the UK pursues will ultimately be the same one that Scotland will be stuck under as long as we remain part of the UK. And we've already seen problems around this when it comes to the level of immigration that Scotland needs to keep certain services or or industries running, you know, they're just not being considered by a UK government that is outright hostile to immigrants. And this is where arguments for federalism too absolutely fall apart. Because even under a federal system, immigration would remain in the hands of Westminster. There would be no opportunity to create a new system built around the somehow radical notion that people deserve to be treated with respect and that we have a responsibility to look after those in need. And speaking of where power resides, of course, that does lead on to the next big story of the week, the internal market bill passing the third reading in the House of Commons. Now, despite threats of a backbench rebellion, not a single Tory MP voted against what is, without a doubt, a power grab on the Scottish Parliament. Okay, so, the bill. On the surface, the Tories claim that its function is to keep trade flowing between the four countries that make up the UK, you know, following Brexit. What the bill really does is allow the UK government to stray into devolved areas. And it will set UK-wide standards that might actually contradict what devolved governments have legislated for. So, to use a popular example, while Scotland may choose to reject chlorinated chicken imported from the United States, under the Internal Market Bill, we would still have to accept it if Westminster said so. It means that Scotland could be flooded with low-quality, unethically sourced products that don't actually meet our chosen standards, and, let's be honest, 
under the pressures and practices of capitalism, that is exactly what would happen. In the words of the Welsh government, it would be a race to the bottom. And that's before we even mention that the bill breaks international law. So as always, say it with me, power devolved is power retained. There was actually an argument from the No campaign in 2014 that I kind of agree with. Hear me out. So they argued that uh, uh, voting for independence just because you don't like David Cameron is daft, right? Governments change, prime ministers change. And I agree with this. David Cameron alone wasn't a good enough reason. But power is devolved. So it honestly doesn't matter if someone all right is sitting in London making decisions on our behalf. Because the next one along can still whip power out from under our feet, like the current crop of Tories are doing. And that being said, the political direction of the UK over the past 10 years has given plenty of reasons to make a quick exit. So, uh, one of those decisions, of course, has been to renew the Trident nuclear weapon system that currently sits on the Clyde, just outside of Glasgow. In a report this week, it was claimed that after independence, Scotland could make a substantial amount of cash by keeping Trident on the Clyde and leasing the base back to the UK. Okay, so the so the SNP spokesman, Stuart MacDonald, rejected this proposal. Uh, he said that we shouldn't be aiming to, quote, secure independence on the cheap. I am 100% in agreement here. Independence is ultimately a means to create meaningful change in Scotland. You know, you, you can't just ditch a commitment to nuclear disarmament to help pay for services, as the report suggests. That would be entirely antithetical to that. Though I would also argue that if we want to be serious about ethically funding an independent Scotland services, we need to have a chat about packing up the oil industry and transitioning to a more sustainable economy. And the last thing this week, a fledgling pro-independence party has had to distance itself from one of its founders after she vocally came out in support for Donald Trump while attacking the Black Lives Matter movement. A bit of a rough start for the Independence for Scotland party. It actually reminds me a little bit of when Change UK launched, only for their former Labour MP Angela Smith to immediately refer to people of colour as having a funny tinge. And while the ISP claim its founder stepped away from the party weeks ago, she is still listed on the Electoral Commission's website as their nominating officer. And that wraps up all your independence-related news this week. So at the end of all of that, where does that leave the Union? About as likely to survive as a bottle of champagne in the House of Lords. See you all next Friday.